Welcome to Coping Skills for Chronic Physical and or Mental Health Issues, where I don't try to replace your treatment team, but instead provide helpful tips and skills from the viewpoint of a certified rehabilitation counselor of over 23 years and who has had to live with significant physical and mental health issues to help you get by and thrive in your daily living and rehabilitation. Today's episode is What to Do When Someone is Suicidal. As part of the episode, we'll discuss some of the warning signs as well as how to talk to someone you think may be suicidal and some of the potential resources. Now, I know talking about suicide isn't fun by nature, and it can be very upsetting. In fact, it wasn't even the episode I was going to do this week, but some recent events has again put the spotlight on this, and I just felt like I needed to do an episode on this topic. Now, one reason I haven't done an episode like this previously is it's not really my area of expertise. I'm more about rehabilitation and helping people uh, be successful in work and in life. So because I'm not an expert, I am going to uh, pretty much follow what I find in the the Mayo Clinic uh, guide, basically, to what to do when someone is suicidal. However, don't worry, that would be boring. I'm not going to just sit here and read it. Uh, I am going to throw in some of uh, my life experiences and some of my training that I have had uh, in with it and hopefully give you a little more insight than uh, what they simply have written down. But if you want to go back and see something written, you can go to mayoclinic.org and look up what to do when someone is suicidal and you can see this in written form or excuse me, at least some of the basic points in, in form. Now, the Mayo Clinic says start by asking questions. I say you probably need to notice warning signs first, but I'm going to follow their format and then I'll refer back to start by asking questions. Now, when talking to someone who you believe may act out on suicidal feelings, it's important to be sensitive but very direct. In other words, you don't want to act like you're talking down to them or judging them for having such thoughts or or even being aggressive in your tactics or anything. Uh, but you also don't want to be too indirect with your questioning where you're afraid you're going to hurt their feelings or you don't want to really talk about it too much or something like that. So you, you want to come right up to it. So asking questions like, you know, how, how are you coping? What's going on with your life? Or uh, do you feel like giving up or, 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 or just asking them directly? Are you thinking about hurting yourself or are you thinking about suicide? Uh, you know, have you tried this before? Um, and if you and asking about a plan, you know, have you thought about how you're going to do this or when you're going to do it? And do you have access to weapons or things that can you use to harm yourself? Now, you think, may think these are all kind of scary questions and they are, but if you just got to make sure you come at it from a very caring standpoint and as long as you talk to them first warm up a little bit and make sure that they understand that you're there that you're caring that you care about their well-being and that you're a friend or you know that you're family or whatever but that you're there because you care then these won't be offensive questions that they'll, they'll understand that these are caring questions but it is important that you're direct some people worry that oh gosh if i ask these questions then maybe they weren't thinking about it and now they will think about it. Or by asking these questions, it's going to push them to do that. But it, it won't. It, by, it gives it will do the opposite. It gives them a chance to actually talk about something. It'll, it'll give them a chance to open up and they'll have less chance of doing something destructive. So don't be afraid to ask these kind of questions or have these kind of discussions. Now let's talk about warning signs. And before I do, I, I want to first mention that sometimes there isn't a warning sign. Sometimes somebody has an event in their life 
and they are so impulsive with what they do that there just isn't any way of seeing it coming. And along with that, I also want to point out that you're not responsible for preventing someone from taking their own life. But it is important to know the warning signs and know how to talk to someone because your intervention may help someone see that there are other options and they may take a safer route. But again, it is important to just that understanding that you're not responsible for preventing someone from taking their own life. Just, just know that you're there to help. And I'll probably mention that again. Okay, so warning signs. Uh, one is simply that talking about suicide. If they're saying things like, oh, gosh, you know, I wish I were dead or I wish I hadn't been born. I'm going to kill myself. Now, this is where the, those questions that we talked, that I just barely went over would be very helpful because you can follow up with that. What do you mean by that? You know, what do you mean you wish you were dead? Are you, are you actually thinking of hurting yourself? So this is where some of those follow-up questions can find out, are they just having a bad day or are they actually planning on something? Or are they going to do something? Another warning sign is if they start to get the means together to take their lives, if they like suddenly go out and buy a gun or if they're starting to stockpile pills or do other things like that. Some warning signs are kind of related to depression, like if they withdraw from social contact or if they start just getting preoccupied with death or dying or violence in general, or if they feel start seeing things like they feel trapped or hopeless or helpless. Uh, all those are, are kind of just big signs of depression, but those can also be warning signs of suicide in general. So again, back to the questions you want to ask and follow up on that, see, see what's going on with that. Huge mood swings are another warning sign. So if they're emotionally high one day, then deeply discouraged the next day, or vice versa, then again, something to follow up on. An increased use of drugs or alcohol could show that someone's getting ready for a suicide attempt. A change in normal routines, such as uh, eating, sleeping patterns, that kind of thing. Again, that could be a big sign of depression. Uh, and so again, something to follow up on with questions. If you notice the person starting to do really risky or self-destructive type things, such as uh, driving recklessly, using drugs, it could be a sign they just don't care anymore and they may be getting suicidal. Some really big warning signs would be if they start saying goodbye to people, like if they're never going to see them again, or if they start giving away their belongings or start starting getting all their affairs and orders, and there doesn't seem to be any other logical explanation for doing that. Uh, that would be uh, very serious. And if if the person seems to develop uh, personality changes, or you notice they start to become severely anxious or agitated, especially ex when mixed with some of the other warning symptoms we've talked about, then that is cause of concern. And some of the personality changes may seem to be for the better, like maybe they've been depressed and suddenly they're just really happy and doing well, and they're like, oh, and they seem to have a great day. That, that still may be concerning if it's just sudden, especially like I said, if they've had all these other warning symptoms. So what do you do? Well, first let's talk about what you do if someone's already attempted suicide. Uh, I won't go over some of the ways, just in case that triggers someone, but if they've already tried something, number one, don't leave the person alone. Two, well, you need to call 911. Uh, it's too late to call the suicide hotline or anything like that. You've got to call the emergency number right away. Or, or whatever your local emergency number is, and get to the person to safety. And uh, you need to also try to find out if the person's under the influence of alcohol or drugs, uh, or if they've taken an overdose or anything that, thing of that nature. Uh, good information for the paramedics or anything like that. And then also tell a family member or friend what's going on. 
So those would be all good things to do if the person's already uh, attempted suicide. Okay, if the person hasn't attempted suicide, but you think that they might, you really think that they're on the edge or they're or it's very possible, uh, well, don't try to handle the situation alone. Remember, you're not the trained professional. Like I said, I've had some training, but I don't think I'm an expert and I don't think I'd be a trained professional. And so I would go get help from a trained professional as quickly as possible. And that's what I recommend to anybody else. Get get help from the trained professional. And so, I, so like, number one, I'd encourage the person, for example, to call uh, a suicide hotline number. Uh, you know, now we can have that 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. So that would be a great choice. And, and you know, it's not just a suicide lifeline anymore. It's a suicide and crisis lifeline. So don't be afraid to call it if someone's, just in, in crisis if you're not positive. So it's okay just to call them and, and have a good chat. I will point out that you can even text that line, uh, and it's also available uh, 24 hours a day. If uh, there's a U.S. veteran or a service member that's involved, you can call that uh, crisis line 988 and then press 1 for the veteran's crisis line or text 838255. Now, I'd recommend looking up resources in your area to see if there's anything additional that you have. For example, in Idaho Falls, we have a behavioral health crisis center. This center is free. A person can go to it for up to 24 hours. Uh, they have people that are professionally trained there, and they can work with the person. Uh, and if the person absolutely needs to go to uh, the emergency room or something, then they will make sure the person gets there. But it's a good first option if, if the person isn't in dire emergency. If you don't have something like this in your area, I'd highly recommend uh, contacting a local mental health advocacy group in your area, like NAMI, the National Alliance for Mentally Ill, and advocating for such a center. It really is a win, 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 win for everybody, because it's a win for the police. They have somewhere to take somebody that doesn't need to go to the ER. It's a win for the emergency personnel at the ER, because then they can ha spend their time for people that need their emergency services. It's a win for the person because they can go somewhere that doesn't cost them thousands of dollars when they don't need to. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. If you go to the ER and you need to, then that's good because uh, it's better to be alive and, and uh, have a bill, a big bill. But if you don't have to have a, a big bill, uh, then it's much better to go to a crisis center. And it's better for the taxpayers who have to subsidize emergency centers because uh, the crisis center costs a lot less money. So, like I said, win, 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 win. So that's my brief sales pitch and uh, moving on. Okay, so going back to talking to the person and offering support. So now you've, you've already encouraged them to talk to the, to the Lifeline chat or the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Also encourage them to seek treatment. Uh, someone who is suicidal or severely depressed deserves treatment. I've mentioned this before, but depression, bipolar, uh, any mental health issue is a physical disability. All illnesses deserve treatment. Now, having said that, uh, you can't control people, and uh, if they refuse treatment, not much you can do about that if they're not actively suicidal. Um, so if they don't want to go to a doctor or a counselor, uh, at least you can recommend maybe a support group or a religious leader or teacher or a trusted person of some sort. But the big thing is remember that it's not your job to go out and be the mental health provider. 
what you can do is offer to help the person get the assistance. For example, you could say, hey, let me help you research treatment options, or I can help you make the phone calls, or we'll see if your insurance can cover this, or I can even go with you to the appointment if that makes you more comfortable. Uh, and I'll wait in the lobby or whatever, or I'll drop you off, pick you back up, something like that. But it's up to them to go to the appointment. It's up to them to get the treatment. And it's up to the, it's just not your job to provide the treatment. You could also encourage the person to keep communicating with you. And, and when they do, just listen and avoid interrupting. And don't place blame and just be respectful of the person's feelings and try not to show shock if you can help it. Because remember, even though the person might not be thinking logically, the emotions that they're feeling and what they're going through is very real. So, uh, so just listen to them and, and try not to do anything that might shut them down, such as uh, being patronizing or judgmental. You know, for example, don't tell them, like, you know, things could be worse, or at least you're not like so-and-so who has this problem, or, you know, you have everything to live for, you know, some of those kind of statements. Instead, ask open-ended questions like, you know, what's causing you to feel so bad? and What would make you feel better? Or even just, like, how can I help? And an important thing to remember in all this, though, is Never promise to keep someone's suicidal feelings a secret. Uh, you, you can keep the reasons they're feeling suicidal a secret. You know, if they're having feelings towards somebody's married spouse or something, you can keep that a secret. But don't promise to keep the suicidal feelings a secret because you might have to act on that. Now, while it is important to not promise them anything in you know, a long term or to be patronizing and so forth, is okay to be reassuring that what they're going through is temporary and that it will get better, especially with the appropriate treatment. Now, it's also okay if the person is severely depressed or especially if they've been discussed suicide in any kind of form to encourage them to avoid alcohol and drug use, reminding them that, hey, it's only going to make things worse and it can lead to recklessness. Uh, And if the person says, hey, I can't quit on my own, Again, offer to help them find treatment. Now, if they're not in danger right now, but you're afraid it might get that way pretty soon, if possible, try to remove dangerous items from the house. If the person uses a medication that you can't take, um, but they might use it for overdose, encourage the person to have someone safeguard it and give it to them as prescribed. Okay, admittedly, that's kind of a lot. I hope that you've at least come away with the idea that yeah, if you sense that somebody may be suicidal, that it's okay to talk to them, but to do it in an empathetic and direct way. And then taking action, depending on the circumstance, whether it's following up with them later, encouraging treatment, or dialing 988, or even dialing 911. But it's important to remember to take all signs of suicidal behavior seriously but to also remember that you're not responsible for preventing someone from taking their own life, but that your intervention may help the person see that other options are available to stay safe and get treatment. Thank you for listening to Coping Skills for Chronic, Physical, and or Mental Health Issues, Helpful Hints and Bandages. Until next time, hang in there. More skills are coming, and even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes, Life is worth it. You're worth it. This has been Robert Sibley.